Good morning. Good morning, Father God. Good morning, Jesus Christ. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning to all clergy, visitors, friends, and first-time callers. Our new Destiny Church family welcomes you to the prayer call this morning. This Tuesday morning, July 7th, today is the seventh day of the seventh month of 2020. It's no coincidence that each of you woke up this morning and are on the line this morning. It's double-double day. (laughs) It's a double day of perfection for you. It's a double day of completion for you today. I know I'm anticipating God to perfect and complete something. It's double-double day, y'all. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Well, let me introduce you to our team today. I am Charlene Tuckerson, the facilitator of the call this morning. The angel of our house is Bishop Smith and Pastor Adrian Smith. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Sister Audrey White. Are you in the house today, Sister Audrey? Audrey White is in the house. Good morning, Sister Charlene. How are you doing, Sister Audrey? I am doing well on this double-double day. I like that. Yes, amen, amen. Sister Audrey will bring our devotion this morning. And Sister Myrna Whetstone will will give our praise reports and and pray our prayer requests. Good morning, Sister Myrna. Are you powered up and ready to pray this morning? Good morning, Sister Charlene. I am powered up. I am ready, ready, and I am using that double-double of perfection for me. I wrote that down, and I'm going to repeat it throughout my day. So yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the download this morning. Well, let's go forward without further ado. Father, we thank you, God. We give you glory, our God, our King. We bless you, the ruler, our ruler of everything, God. We honor you, God. We are here to offer our sacrifices to you, God. On this day, this double-double day, dear God, Father God, we seek your heart, dear God, today. We wait to hear from you. We wait to hear from you, God. Father, we will not hold back. We allow Holy Spirit to speak through us as we yield to you. Holy Spirit, Paracletus, Speak through Sister Audrey as she brings the devotion today. Holy Spirit, Paracletus, pray through Sister Myrna as she prays for your people this morning. We call on you to breathe on us this morning. Numa, Holy Spirit, wind of God, breath of God, blow today, God. Breathe today, God. Bring life to every word spoken by Father God Almighty through the lips of your clay vessels this morning. Holy Spirit, we want to see God. We just want to hear you, Father. Let the demonstration of your power be manifested as we humble ourselves before you today, God. Holy Spirit, have your way. Father, you are the potter. We are the clay. Our tongues are as pens of ready writers this morning. 
Father, write as you will on the tablets of our heart. Have your way. Shift and move your body as you will. Do what you want to do. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Sister Audrey, please bring our devotion. Amen. Well, good morning once again. I honor you, Sister Charlene, and I honor you, Sister Morner. First of all, uh, also, I want to give honor to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Also, honor to our bishop and Pastor Adrian, Elder Heather, and all of the intercessors, clergy, and friends on the line today. We are thankful for this beautiful day, this double-double day in the Lord. This morning's devotion is entitled, Having the Ability to Destroy Fear. Our text comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 38. The New Living Translation reads, And my righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. We know that, um, amen to that scripture. We know that as as people of God, as the just, we don't live by fear. We walk by faith. But fear is all around us today. Fear is one of the enemy's most used and effective weapons. He uses it to bring worry, anxiety, and try to control our every move and decision. We can see how he uses it to bring division and wreak confusion and chaos today and to stir up hatred and distress. It is the underlying spirit of what we see happening in our world today. Some of what we see is beyond our control, and some of it is fueled and manufactured. We can feel overwhelmed and helpless at times while we struggle to hold on to faith and hope. But I thank God for this line, for this call, where our faith is continually being, being fueled and stirred. And we, ne- we should never fear. There's no pun intended. There's nothing new under the sun. God is in control as he was yesterday, as he is today, and as he will be tomorrow and forevermore. This morning, I'll talk about three kinds of fear. There are probably more, but I'll talk about three kinds this morning. The first one being a holy fear. This is the reverential fear that we have for God, the awe of God, a reverence for his power and his glory, a total acknowledgement of all that God is, which comes through knowing him and his attributes. We know his incredible love but we also have proper respect for his wrath and his anger. The fear of the Lord brings with it many blessings and many benefits. The Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 111, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and leads to good understanding. We fear God for who he is. There's no one and no thing that can be compared to him, his splendor, his holiness, or his omnipotence. To be called God-fearing and to, or to pray for leaders who are God-fearing is a good thing, and we could use more of it in the earth. The second kind of fear I'd like to speak about is the kind that is given to us by God that is necessary for human survival. It may manifest as a fear of or snakes or a vicious dog. 
This is the kind of fear that is for our protection. It's the kind that triggers our fight or flight response that causes us to take action, such as jumping out of the way of a speeding car or running away from the sound of a boom or an explosion when we're in a, cloud, in a crowd or jumping out of a burning window. This is the beneficial kind of fear that kicks in when we're in a situation where our survival or that of another is at risk. This is God-given, and it is for our protection. The third kind of fear is the spirit of fear. It's the kind that's spoken of in the Bible, and it's not beneficial at all, although according to the Bible, there's nothing wrong with realistically acknowledging the problems that we see. As an example, when Moses sent the men to spy out the land, their fear was real. Was real. They looked and they saw the giants in the land. They compared themselves to the people that they saw as grasshoppers next to them. These fierce, tall people had a reputation of being treacherous with their own inhabitants. So the fear that they had was real, not imagined. Another example of a spirit of fear is when God told Gideon to go in and to save Israel from all those ites, those uh, warriors who were around them. Gideon was afraid, so he asked God for a sign. His fear was real. And for us today, we see the reports of the positive cases of COVID-19 increasing. We, we hear about the death count it causes fear. When we hear about a second wave, it causes fear. Some of us are saying, Lord, we know you hear and answer prayer. We've been praying. We've been fasting. We've been commanding this thing to go, and it's still here. What is going on? The situation is real, and some have been gripped by a spirit of fear. But we, the people of God, we, the just, who live by faith, must remember what God says in his word and continue to trust him. The Bible speaks of the spirit of fear in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. that says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A spirit of fearfulness and timidity does not come from God. This spirit tries to paralyze us and manifest itself as worry and anxiety. It is fruitless and draining. Today we can see it strategically released to bring division, to cause confusion and chaos, and to take away strength. But we as the people of God must be more strategic, more discerning, more wise, and deal with it with the word of God and other weapons of war, warfare. We cannot just watch what's happening and keep on talking about how bad it is, but that, that's only fueling the enemy's plan. We must rise up in our authority and occupy with the word of God. So what do I mean by that? When we look at the, the very real examples around us, our current situation we can see that people are worried about catching the COVID-19. We can see that when we go, when we walk down the aisles at the store, and you can see fear on their faces as they try to avoid you. 
And as part of the fallout of this current situation, there are some very real reasons to be concerned. I mean, people are worried about not being able to go to work, not having an income. They're worried about how to pay their bills, how to put food on the table. We're worried about uh, the economy. There's a, there are a lot of issues of life that uh, can cause worry. But constant worry can escalate to anxiety and show up as panic attacks, depression. It may lead to domestic abuse, child abuse, and even addictions of some sort. Doctors may diagnose your fear and anxiety as stress. All of this reminds me of the scripture in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, that says, Fear has torment because we like, lack the perfect love of God. But Jesus went to the cross to set us free from this spirit of fear. I would say that the spirit of fear has always been present in the earth. I mean, the phrase fear not or do not be afraid is found all throughout the Bible in every book, from Genesis to Revelations. In my, into Revelation, sorry. In my readings, I have come to see that uh, when, we, when I see those words, it usually is a precursor to some sort of test of faith. It's like, uh-oh. I think God uses fear to build our faith and to teach us to trust him more and to get to know him in ways that we have not known him before. We must recognize when we're dealing with the spirit of fear that it has a voice. It talks to us. It tries to talk us out of the promises of God. Like how many times have we heard a testimony from someone who's um, overcome a health challenge as an example? And they talked about how they battle with the voice of fear, how fear came in the night and said, you're not going to be healed. I'm going to kill you. You're going to die. And then when you go uh, to the doctor, the report, the new report is less encouraging than the last report. The people, the person battles with greater pain after someone has prayed for them. All of these things speak loudly and can stir up fear and cause people to kind of waver and to, and to wonder. We have to hold on to faith. We have to remember that fear, that fear does speak, but it is a false prophet. It presents itself as false evidence that appears to be real. It appears to be real. We hold on to faith. We hold on to the word of God. We who are the just and given eternal life by faith live a life of obedience to the word of God. Everything we do as the just is by faith and simple obedience to the word of God. It is the only way we please God. The scripture says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Obedience to his word is evidence that we fear him, that we reverence him, and that we trust him. We do things his way. We love him and we wait on him. That's why we're talking about this scripture in Hebrews 10.38. Because as the, as the just, as the righteous, it says, and my righteous ones, us, will live by faith. 
we will will live by faith, I'm sorry, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away, which means God wants us to hold on to his promises and not give up. So how do we destroy the spirit of fear, the spirit that comes to hinder and bind and paralyze us so that we cannot partake and enjoy the full blessings from our Father? We conquer a spirit of fear with our faith, as I've been saying, and none of us are ill-equipped to conquer it because each one of us, every one of us, have been given the gift of faith according to Ephesians 2 and 8. We must use our faith to build our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, as we all know, according to Romans 10 and 17. So we must know the scriptures for our situation. These days, we can just Google it regarding a different, a certain topic. We must feed our spirit by reading and hearing the word of God, praying in the spirit, and spending time in God's presence. When the enemy of fear comes to speak to our minds, we must fight back with the word. When fear comes with this lies that we're not going to make it, that we can't do something, and when it tells us to give up, we just, we just need to do like Jesus. We just need to speak to that thing and declare that it is written. Remember that just as fear has a voice, so does faith. Faith has a voice, and it's your voice. It's my voice. It's our voice. Out of our belly flows rivers of living water, the living word of God. Let that spirit of fear hear the word of God and hear the word of God and keep on hearing the word of God until it gets it, until it backs off and loses its hold on our minds and we get the breakthrough. The word of God is the final authority in every situation, and it is the standard that God has raised against the enemy. Isaiah 59, verse 19b says, When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So when, we're, when you're battling fear, just stand flat-footed against it in your God-given authority and speak God's promises out loud. And don't play nice. Don't be weak. Don't be passive. But be bold. Don't let the enemy rob you of your peace. Pull down the demonic strongholds with the word of God and take those thoughts captive and fight with all you know. Pray the word of God. Spend time with God. Praise and worship God. Get a prayer partner. Have other believers stand in the battle with and for you and use the shield of faith against that thing that's trying to rise up against you and trust God. God will do what he says he will do. So as some of the examples that, that cause fear, when we're having a, a health challenge and fear speaks the worst, you know we always imagine the worst. You say to that thing, God is my God who heals me. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I will not die. I will live and declare the praises of the Most High God. I am covered with the blood of Jesus. 
Corona will not come near me or mine or near our dwelling in the name of Jesus. When the economy looks shaky and fear rises up and says that you're going to lose your job, you tell the enemy, I was looking for a job when I found this one. My God shall supply all my need. I am the righteous, and I would never be forsaken or beg bread. If God should choose to close this door, he will open another one, and or he will open a window and give me revelations of a new thing that he's calling me to do for such a time as this. Jehovah Jireh will provide. When you're worried about so many things and you just can't turn off your thoughts, you say, Lord, help me to cast these cares on you because I know that you care for me. Give me the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I will not fall into dismay. I will not fall into hopelessness, and I will not be depressed. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Jehovah Shalom abides with me. We're tempted to say, Lord, we're worried about our children and their safety. There's just so much going on, and it's not safe out there. But remind, remind fear that the Lord has said, that you are the that the generation of the upright would be blessed and their children would be mighty in the land. So Lord, we trust you to cover our children under your wing and to hide them from the enemy. They are kept by you, the Almighty God. I bind and break the power of the enemy in every evil attack. My children shall live the full number of their days. They will prosper. Their destiny will not be choked out aborted or denied in the name of Jesus. So we have authority over fear, as we know from Luke ten nineteen in the New King James that says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And the Amplified, that verse says, Listen carefully. I've given you the authority that you possess now to tread on serpents and scorpions, and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. God is, has given, it, given us the authority. He expects us to use it. And the nothing that is spoken of includes the spirit of fear. We have the ability. We do have the ability. We can destroy fear. We use our authority, and we are powerful, anointed, and appointed to do so. What's more, God expects us to do so. He's done all that he is going to do. He says that what we bind in earth, what we allow in this earth, what we allow to run rampant in our minds, what we, what we don't allow, I'm sorry, what we don't allow in earth, what we don't allow in our spirits is already not allowed in heaven. And what we loose in earth, what we allow in earth is already loosed in heaven. So heaven has our back. So when what we see on the news is inciting fear, we need to speak to that thing, speak to the mountain. Release the word of God. When we see or hear of trouble in our neighborhood, we need to use the word and take authority and just stand flat-footed and say, I will not let the enemy come in. We, the people of God, we, the just, 
We hold the keys to the gates of the city. The thief cannot come in to steal, kill, and destroy. We will not allow burglaries, vandalism, abuse in homes, etc., the works of the enemy. We will not allow it. We, we bind it in the name of Jesus. We declare that we will lay down and sleep in peace, and our sleep shall be sweet. We will not be term, tormented by workers of evil. We plead the blood of Jesus and declare that great shall be our peace. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, for the uh, assurance of your word that we can destroy fear in the name of Jesus. Father God, you desire that we live in peace, and we will. You desire that we walk by faith as the just, Father God, and we will. We know that you are faithful, Lord God, to do what you have told us you would do in your word. So we stand on that. We use our faith. And we declare that our faith is increasing in the name of Jesus, that fear is dissipating in the name of Jesus, Father God. As we spend more time with you, Father God, as we hear more of your word, Father God, we thank you that you're raising us up to be a fierce and mighty people, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, faithful to you, Lord God, people of great faith that is unshakable. We thank you for it. We give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Sister Murnau, will you come forth with our prayer request? Yes, ma'am. We have a one praise report this morning from Chanda Duskin. She was prayed for weeks ago, was diagnosed with the coronavirus. She was hospitalized for 68 days in a coma, unresponsive, over a month on a ventilator, she is now fully recovered and healed by the power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is great news. Father, we glorify your name because you alone, Father God, are worthy. You alone are Jehovah Rapha. We magnify you. May Chandra Duskin continually live in a state of rejoicing and remain in your presence where there is fullness of joy. Hallelujah, Father. There's two prayer requests this morning uh, from Anonymous. The first one, uh, I want to pray for my friend's father-in-law. I was told he is not doing good and has cancer. I pray for healing from cancer. And prayer for my mother. My mother was diagnosed two years ago with Alzheimer's. She is in her late 60s. We are grateful that her spirit is positive. She knows and remembers many things, but at times she can forget some common facts. I ask you to pray for her Alzheimer's to remain stable, that she keeps her positive spirit, and for her memory to get stronger in Jesus' name. Father God, we lift up the friend's father-in-law right now with cancer. As for James 5, 14 and 15, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Father, we spiritually anoint the father-in-law this morning where he lays and speaks to every cancer cell within his body. We tell the spirit of cancer to loose him now, Father God, where he is in the mighty name of Jesus. For your word says that by your stripes we are 
healed. The father-in-law is already healed, and we wait in expectation for the good report. We speak joy in the father-in-law's spirit now, Father God. May he and his family continue to worship you as they wait to see their prayers of healing and restoration come to pass. As for Anonymous' mother that is diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it is believed to be a reversible and progressive brain disorder that slowly destroys a person's memory and thinking skills, and it's currently ranked number six as the leading cause of death. Regardless of mother's age, Father God, she still has work to do for your kingdom. Keep this disorder at bay, Father God, and put her thoughts back in order according to your will and to your word. With long life, Father God, you alone will satisfy mother. Remain her shield and her buckler and her protector. As her children study your word, give them the scriptures to speak over her daily, Father God. And we pray that her children will not ease up or grow weary until they see the words of life manifested in mother's life. Exodus 23:25. Worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you. Isaiah 41:10. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 3 John 1 and 2. Dear friend, I pray that you enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. We speak these words of encouragement, of scripture, of health, of joy, of peace, Father God, of strength upon Anonymous, upon the Father-in-law, upon the Mother, Father God, in Jesus' wonderful and matchless and mighty name, amen, amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Myrna. Before we close, we want to hear from our spiritual father, Bishop Smith. Bishop, do you have anything for us this morning? Well, I would like to say good morning to everyone on the line this morning. I pray that you all are doing well. We've had such a wonderful time in prayer this morning, understanding um, the spirit of fear and how to combat it by faith in the Word of God. You know, uh, Myrna said something that grabbed my attention, and I just want to—I want to highlight it. I want to highlight it so that we can understand something. These are principles that we use as people of God. When she was praying for the the the, the woman with Alzheimer's, I believe the prayer request said something about praying for her Alzheimer's. Notice when she said that that. It's owning it. It's ownership, praying for her Alzheimer's. It's not her Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's have affected or has begun to attack her wholeness. It's not hers. Never own the sickness. I want to help you all understand that. You never want to own that sickness. It doesn't belong to you. Um, My asthma is acting up. Um, my allergies are acting up. Never own it. Don't you own it. No, it is attacking your wholeness. Third John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest keep well, even as I know thy soul keeps well and prospers. That's the will of God for your life. And so never own the sickness. It doesn't belong to you. It comes from the enemy. And 
you have to begin to um, combat that thing and fight it by faith. Faith will always help you overcome the spirit of fear because fear brings with it torment. Um, As I said last week, you cannot be timid with these things. We cannot even be timid with the coronavirus because this thing is very aggressive. We see it um, manifesting itself. I'm quite sure many of you have heard that the mayor of Atlanta has now contracted the virus, but she has no signs um, so it's asymptomatic. she's asymptomatic. She has no signs. She's not sick or anything, but she tested positive for the virus. And so those things can give you fear. We see um, all these studies and researchers coming out talking about the virus and um, what it's doing. We see a lot of stuff coming out, and this is what you got to be careful for. You, we see a lot of information coming out about church. This latest big thing, there's no more singing. Church, um, um, singing is banned in church. Now, I want you all to think, okay? You all know me. I'm a thinker. I don't let people think for me. I'm a leader. I'm a leader. I do not let people think for me. I think for myself. I, I cut my own paths. I don't I don't follow a lot of people. I really don't. Even when I'm in traffic, you know, traffic people tend to follow people. I always look for the clearest path to get to where I'm going. That's just who I am. It's 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 my nature as a leader. Now hear me when I say this. All this information is coming out. Someone sent me something yesterday. It alarmed me so much. It was a chart. And the chart was saying um, some some to the degree beware of the high risk of corona and where you can contract it. So it had all these places, had the mall, the nail salon, um, mail, and all this information. Now, at the bottom of the chart, which is the highest risk, I believe there was nine, at the bottom was the highest risk. And the bottom one was the bar. So the bar was the highest risk that you can contract the virus. The second to that was the church with 500 members and above. I was alarmed by that. Now, as I said, I don't let people think for me. I'm a thinker, so I want you to think right now. Number one, where are they getting their data? Where are they getting their data from? How can they say that the church with 500 or more has the second to the highest risk for catching the virus when we haven't been in church since March? So who they're getting their information from? How can they say people are getting sick from singing when have y'all been in church singing? We haven't been in church singing, and I'm going to drop um, y'all know I'm a little old school. I'm new school, but I'm old school. I'm going to drop the bomb on y'all. The worshipers are never in church on Sunday. All that's pre-recorded. So where are they getting their data from? You can't believe everything you hear. Somewhere in all of this stuff is some falsehood going on. Now, I'm not saying people are not getting sick. I'm not saying that. 
I'm not saying the virus isn't real. It's real. But I'm going to put it out here. There's an antichrist anointing behind this thing big time. And we have to be careful as the people of God that we cannot let people start dictating to us how we worship our God. It's not right. It is not right. And something's not right here. Something is not right. So I want you to start thinking. And when you start looking at all this information, you have to start thinking for yourselves, saying, where are you all getting all this information from when we aren't gathering? So how can you say all this stuff is happening in the church and we're not gathering? What does it do? It injects fear into the heart of society. Not only does it inject fear into the heart of society, it injects fear into the heart of believers. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither be ye afraid. That's what Jesus said. Now, am I saying we're going to open church? Because I know how you all take literally what I say is, you know, absolute. No, I didn't say we come back church Sunday. We're going to continue to do best practices. Um, I, we've been doing pretty good so far, I believe. I believe we, I, I can say, I believe we've been doing excellent. And we're going to keep doing that. But at the same time, think for yourselves. Do case studies. Do your own research. Just don't believe everything you hear. Because there's a lot of information out there, and some of it's false positives and all this kind of stuff. And it, it, some of it's just wrong. And you got to understand that. I also, before I turn the line back over to Sister Charlene, I want to thank you all. Thank you all for 21 years of ministry. Whenever you've come to the church, thank you for your faithfulness, your commitment, and your consistency. I was so overwhelmed on Sunday by the wonderful service. Everything caught me by surprise. I, I had no clue that our staff was going to put together such a wonderful celebration of 21 years of, of ministry, I want to encourage you to take the time and go back and replay the service and listen to Dr. Cindy Trim unpacked such a revelatory word and prophetic word over our lives, who we are and who God's called us to be. The hand of the Lord is upon us as a people. The hand of the Lord is upon us as a church. And we cannot make light of that. She said, God will use us to lead the charge. And one of the things she mentioned, she touched it real quick. And she said, prayer is vital to who we are as kingdom people. It is in our vision as the church Prayer is vital to the success of this church. We cannot stop praying. We have to ramp it up, and we have to be more aggressive in the spirit. In Jesus' name. Pastor Adrian and I, we love you all dearly. We thank God for you, 
And we pray that you all are safe and will continue to be safe. And we pray that the Lord will continue to bless everything you put your hand to. May it prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Prayer is vital to who we are. Amen. I want to remind each of you to please send in your prayer requests to www.newdestiny.online. On behalf of Bishop Smith, Pastor Adrian, Sister Audrey, Sister Myrna, and our entire New Destiny family, we thank you for being on the line today. Please invite others tomorrow. Father, thank you for another day an opportunity for us to unite and intercede in prayer. We declare that every prayer request is a praise report. Thank you, Father, for what you have done already, what you are doing, and what you will do in the lives of your people. Father, bless everyone under the sound of my voice as you intend, Father, in the name of Jesus. We seal all our prayers prayed by your Holy Spirit this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Sister Kathy, please open the lines for the saints to worship together. <laughs> 